Hello, what have we here? Welcome to another episode of Lando's Lounge Live a dorm <laughs> room or an apartment room in Mechanicsburg. And also my bedroom. Yes. Um, again, if you haven't listened to the last two episodes, we are separated. I am in college. Carson is at home. And we're doing this with technology that sometimes doesn't want it's to work. Fickle. So it took us about 30 minutes to connect <laughs> to each other. Um, but anyways, today we are doing, um... A little bit of discussion about some trailers, but unfortunately, not the trailer we want to be talking about. Um, The Mandalorian Instagram, Twitter, social media pages said um, that today was the day for something. So everyone is assuming it's a trailer, but by the time we were ready to record, it still hadn't come out yet. And there was no confirmation that it was a trailer to begin with so we just decided to record anyways and whenever the trailer comes out we'll try to record our reaction to that and get it out whether it's in an episode or if we release a special small reaction episode um we will keep you in the know i guess um Mm -hmm. but kind of is unfortunate it didn't come out before this because that was kind of what we were both banking on talking about the most um, but we got a few other trailers earlier in the week, um, for some video games, namely the two video games that we've talked about on the show. <laughs> um, so I guess we can start with squadrons since I think that is the less exciting of the two, since we had already had a trailer of it beforehand. Um, you just watched it. Mm-hmm. I watched it when it came out, but I haven't seen it like super recently or anything um so why don't you take the point on that one and kind of talk us through the trailer so i mean the first trailer we kind of got for this was more just showing us some of a little bit of gameplay some of the features and just kind of capturing what this game was about very briefly but this trailer was more um about the campaign it was like showed some cinematics and we got to see some of the like in campaign cutscenes. and those were well firstly everything looks amazing like everything just looks so good and awesome and uh we got to see some familiar characters again basically i mean (laughs) every other thing we've talked about we've mentioned but um Wedge Antilles and Harrison Dula make an appearance. Uh, Hera? It was a little jarring to see her in a more <laughs> live action art style. Not mm-hmm. obviously live action, but like not Rebels either. It was a bit weird, but um, that was, I mean, I'm just really excited for this game personally. The trailer kind of just talked about the context of the story and kind of the motivation surrounding the campaign. So basically it happens briefly after the empire falls, although there are still like some Imperials holding out. So they kind of rush to attack 
the republic before it can find its footing, you know. So the whole conflict is this new republic trying to finish out, like, the rest of the empire. So it seems very interesting, kind of in this era that the Mandalorian gave us of just after the events of Return of the Jedi. So I don't know. I'm just really excited. I just really want to play it already, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. It's It was weird kind of seeing... Hera um, in a more uh, realistic kind of style. Um, I'm so used to the animation from Rebels. And so seeing her in like a like realistic proportion of like mm-hmm. what an actual body would look like and like the shape of the face and yeah. all that stuff. Like Rebels is animated with a specific like stylistic look to it and when you take that away it's a little Mm -hmm. weird seeing characters you know it's like they just announced um the the star wars black series is like a very popular series of like action figures and they have like helmets and the force effects lightsabers and things like that and they just uh announced the uh the ghost crew from rebels are getting their own like six inch action figures uh in the black series and the models of those are like realistic because like the rest of the action figures are like supposed to look like the actual like movie characters so like the actual actors and since it's an animation bringing that into mm-hmm. yeah the <laughs> look of a movie and, like, seeing Kanan was just so weird. <laughs> because I'm used to, like, his skin has, like, a tint to it that isn't, like, a realistic tint, I get. Like, he looks kind of reddish. And then, um, like, Ezra's skin looks kind of, like, yellowish, even though they're not aliens or anything. And so then these action figures have, like, actual human skin tones. And it's like, oh, that's really weird. So it, yeah, and also Kanan has like a very tall head, <laughs> like yeah. very ovalish head. So I can imagine that'd be very weird. Yeah. Um. So yeah, seeing her like that is uh a little interesting to say the least because it's so different. Um. Mm-hmm. Another thing that was uh, really cool is they talk about Ray Sloan, who was um, in a, quite a few of the early canon books, uh, especially the Aftermath trilogy, which is one of my most recommended book trilogies of like anything, really, because I love them all. But the, especially for the Star Wars books, they kind of fill the gap between episode six and episode seven. So it makes sense that she would show up here, um, given her role in those um, and in other books as well, but mostly those ones um, because uh, this games is uh, exploring that same time period of immediately after the rebellion defeats the empire at the battle of Endor. Um, So, I'm excited for that as well. And uh, Wedge Antilles, obviously we saw him in the first trailer um, that they released. Uh, And it looks like he might actually be just like more than a throwaway Easter egg. uh, Because in this trailer, he kind of has dialogue and like talks to the character. So um, 
excited to see where that goes. I'm a big fan of Wedge. Uh, again, he shows up in the Aftermath trilogy as well, a little bit less than Ray Sloan, but um, it's just nice to visit that era in something that isn't just on the page, but is kind of more interactable, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interactive. Yeah. Um, as for gameplay, I think I've talked about this a bit where I was never good at that kind of gameplay in Battlefront. So, I mean, I'll just have to practice on this one, I think, unless mm-hmm. it's significantly more like fluid and easier to pick up. Yeah. Um, so just as a little aside, I am currently in the process of, well, I I guess that's a little misleading. I will soon be in the process of building a, a gaming PC. So hopefully I will be able to play this game and everything really goes well. Uh, hopefully I'll be able to like possibly just showcase some of this, whether that be in just like a little Lando's Lounge live stream, or maybe I just do like a little video or something. But hopefully, if anyone listening sounds remotely interested in this, uh, maybe I'll have to hop it, hop in with my bros and <laughs> and just uh, play a little of this if anyone's interested in seeing anything like that. So I'm very excited for it. And uh, I think the release will be overwhelmingly positive. Mm-hmm. Um. A quick question for you. Do you think we're going to see any other returning characters that are kind of surprise uh, show-ups? Like, do you think there's a chance we could see uh, Han Solo or Luke? Or I think it'd be cool to run into Lando because I think he seems like a safe enough character mm-hmm. to add in. Like, because he's a general in the Rebellion now. So uh, I think he's a safe one that they could put in. Because it seems like they don't want to, like, throw Luke and Han and Leia into everything. They kind of want to give them space. Yeah. Um, gee, I don't know. I could imagine seeing Lando, I guess. Um, geez, who was it? Uh, I could see maybe Leia also being in it. Because I feel like she might have been, like just in the little opening animation of this trailer. I'm pretty sure I saw Leia in there. Not like as a as a character, obviously, or else we wouldn't be speculating, but I think there's just like an, an artistic depiction of her. There's also one of mm-hmm. like Emperor Palpatine, but I don't think he's showing up, you know. So uh, I could see, because if it's kind of grounded in this same uh, kind of place that Rebels is like we're seeing like Wedge and Hera uh, Leia and Lando also make appearances in that show so I wouldn't mm-hmm. find it too hard to believe that they could be in something like this so I don't know that'll be something to something to look forward to just a little curiosity hmm. yeah I'm with you I don't know what they'll do um I'll be interested to see like what the story is about. They kind of talked about it where you're like the empire's fractured, obviously, but like, I don't, I don't know what exactly the specifics are going to be. Like if your team is assigned a specific mission or if it's just going to jump between just various things. Uh, I don't really know. I'm excited to play it more for the 
experience of playing it than like for the story. Um, I mean, I'll be interested in the story once I can play it, but mm-hmm. it's not like that. That's what I'm looking forward to the most is like this story. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's about all my thoughts on Squadrons. We've kind of talked about this all along the way from its announcement and everything. Um, this trailer didn't really add anything new except showcasing a little bit of like uh, gameplay aspects and uh, kind of that mm-hmm. first half of it introducing the like concept of it was really yeah. nice. But and besides that, there's nothing super new or I'm pretty sure this was the first time we saw any in-game footage of the VR engine, but other than mm. that, I don't think there's anything new, which, I mean, it looks amazing, obviously, but yeah, I think that's, it was just more of the same cool stuff as the last trailer, so mm-hmm. that's all we can really ask for, I guess, if they yeah. do have something big and awesome up their sleeve, they don't want to, you know, play all their cards. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Well, then I guess we can jump into the second video game trailer. The one that we have been anticipating and then dreading its (laughs) delay. Um, Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga released a first trailer, finally. um, As well as a release date, Spring 2021. Uh, there's no, well, I shouldn't have said release date. They didn't really yeah, give a there date. Is no they just date, said spring but... 2021. But, but, however, there is an interesting clue as to the timeline of some future Star Wars events going on, which I'll get to a little bit later. But mm-hmm. first, um, it's been a few days since I watched the trailer. Um, so... I remember more about this trailer than the Squadrons trailer, but um, <laughs> just because it's so exciting, it's thrilling. Yeah. Um, but I guess uh, if you want to start first, you can, or if you would like yeah. me to, I can. So, I mean, the first thing I want to say, although we aren't given necessarily a specific date, spring twenty twenty one. I feel like, obviously, we talked about earlier. Uh, we don't know the reasons surrounding why it was delayed, but if they're moving it to spring, the first date that jumps out is May 4th. If they release it on mm-hmm. May 4th, I, I'll forgive them for delaying it because that would be uh, that'd be awesome. I'm sure they have a reason. I don't think it, they're just like, you know what? I don't think the sole reason was just like, wouldn't it be cool if it released on May yeah. 4th? <laughs> but I feel like yeah, that's that... just an opportunity they capitalized on. Yeah, that's of... what I was thinking. Like, maybe there was something else going on. And then they were like, oh, well, if we release it May 4th, then it'll just look like we were it's, saving we it knew for a special day. We knew what we were doing whatever. the whole time, yeah. Yeah. So... Um, I, I mean, there's not much to, like, talk about plot-wise. I think we know the plot yeah. of the game pretty much. Well, there's one thing, so um, you and I, I feel like I can speak for you. We both grew up with the the game Lego Star Wars called The Complete Saga, although I guess it's not so complete anymore. And we mm-hmm. played it on our Nintendo Wii, 
and so just lots of fond memories with this game. I know it was a bit of a a bit of a trend, a bit of a meme earlier. <laughs> uh, yeah, was it? I don't know. Twenty twenty has been such a such a weird year. I think it might have been an early twenty twenty or maybe twenty nineteen, but it kind of just became relevant again. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a lot of fond memories with that game. I think it was the first game I ever like beat completely. Mm-hmm. So uh, just with all the memories of this, I guess the one thing I'm wondering most and that this trailer didn't necessarily answer was um, will all of the levels be the same? <laughs> like, I'm really hoping that like uh, just some Lego Star Wars history. The first Lego Star Wars game was like the original trilogy, and then they had the prequel trilogy, and then they made Lego Star Wars The Complete Saga. But all of the level, it's just like they took the two games and mashed them together. Like, it's basically the same gameplay. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering, I really hope that this isn't the case, where it's the same levels from the other game, plus these added levels for the sequel movies. But I don't, I don't necessarily think that will be the case because Lego games have really grown in the engine they use and the levels are a lot more dynamic, a lot more expansive. Um, mm-hmm. So I really hope that's not the case and I, I don't think it will be. But that was the one thing I was wondering since I heard about this new game. Yeah, I'm with you. I hope it's all new. Um I remember we had Lego Star Wars, the Clone Wars as well. And that was like mm-hmm. a completely different style of game yeah. from that one. And ever since then, they've had like the Lego um, Jurassic Park and the Lego Lord of the Rings, which have kind of almost open worldish vibes to them. So I think definitely if they didn't like update it then i think Mm -hmm. people will not be very happy about (laughs) that um the one thing that i am or i'll I'll just say this the most exciting part of the trailer for me was yaddle (laughs) yeah (laughs) um and there were some people that were upset with yaddle if you don't know yaddle uh if you look closely in the back of the phantom menace you can see a member of Yoda's species with a wig on its head. Um, and that is Yaddle. She is a female of Yoda species who is also on the uh, Jedi Council in Episode 1. And she has a whole kind of history and stuff in the Legends line, which is no longer canon. Um, but in that, in the Legends line, she had an orange lightsaber. And I saw so many people on Twitter... They were like, I'm so mad she doesn't have an orange lightsaber. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's Legends. She doesn't have an orange lightsaber Mm -hmm. in canon. Because there's nothing about her in canon at all. Except she is referenced once in Fallen Jedi, just as like a throwaway line. Which I thought was funny because I just played that part. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that was so exciting because not only was it just like this weird face that I recognized immediately um, but if they have Yaddle as a character in this game 
what other random background characters yeah, well, are in this game. That's, that's the whole thing. This is a supposedly, like, I don't know if this was just in the context of the Lego Star Wars franchise, or the Lego franchise, but, like, the most playable characters ever. So mm. I'm like, oh my god, like, okay, like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and I think <laughs> like, who are we that... gonna be running around as? Well, I think if you're gonna add an entire new trilogy of characters, then I think that definitely makes sense. However, um, like, Star Wars especially, I think the background characters find such large fan bases that, like, People know Boba Fett, and people loved Boba Fett from Empire Strikes Back, where he had five lines. And the Boba Fett fan base is probably much bigger than, like, the Captain Jack Sparrow franchise. And Captain Jack Sparrow headlines four movies, or five movies. Mm -hmm. And Boba Fett has five lines. So there's something about Star Wars where, like, the background characters are just as popular as the main characters. Yeah. Um, And I think the Lego games especially do a really good job at kind of lifting those characters' popularity because even, like, for example, the DC, like the Lego Batman ones, the only reason I know so many DC characters and recognize their names Mm -hmm. is from the Lego Batman game. And, like, as a kid, Lego Star Wars really helped me to learn, like, so many Star Wars characters where if you say the name Zuckus... I'm like, ooh, I know Zuckus. Zuckus. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> so it's like seeing Yaddle was like, ooh, well, if there's Yaddle, mm-hmm. maybe maybe Yarael Poof will show up, who's another Jedi Master who looks really weird. Yeah. Um, and things like that. So it's just exciting that it's like not only is it celebrating the movies and the stories we love, but also like the small details within those movies that flesh out that universe are mm-hmm. also going to get some love. Yeah. Um, one thing uh, in the original complete saga game, there's like a little area where they're like some back to tanks and you could go over and you could customize your own character. And basically it was just bits and pieces of other character models that you could kind of combine together with so many characters, there will be uh, like so many options for custom mm-hmm. character creation. Cause I imagine that's something they'll throw in there just because the original is so beloved. So like, I'll feel like they'll try mm-hmm. to carry over as much as they can from that one. Mm-hmm. Um, one other thing I get this, I don't know how I feel about this. This is kind of a mixed element is the original game and the older Lego games. um, There was no like talking Mm. (laughs) Uh, in the newer Lego games. That's kind of become the norm. Like um, they'll use lines from the movies directly and they'll, but they'll also have mainly like new voice actors hired to do voiceover. And so I feel like that will potentially be very weird to mm-hmm. hear Star Wars voices that aren't the the actors that we know. Yeah, it's know? like how we talked about the holiday special that's coming out. Yeah. Like the same concept, yeah. Yeah, like I remember the the Lord of the Rings game did have audio, but it was all like 
audio from the movie. So it wasn't mm-hmm. as weird, but uh, like in the Jurassic Park game, like that's not the case. Like it's new voice actors and stuff. So it'll definitely mm-hmm. be something. I know. Why do I know so much about Lego <laughs> Lego games? I, I haven't played. Well, I Lego remember. I remember you. I remember yeah. you slamming those games down. Like we yeah. probably had a hundred of them. And you just play them all in rotation. Yeah. Um, See? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, with so many like new characters coming, um, like I'm excited for the sequel trilogy background characters because I feel like, um, you know, you have they're I, they're less well known. Like Star Wars fans will know who Dengar is, even though he shows up in one scene of Empire Strikes Back um, and doesn't say anything. And then he shows up in a few um, Clone Wars episodes, but, like, he's not a very big, large, fleshed-out character. But people will, like, the, the, the Star Wars fans will know him because of, like, he's been around for a while. But, like... There's characters in the sequel trilogy that are in the background, but I feel like people don't know mm-hmm. because it's so new. So, like, I just got a Funko Pop for a pilot named, I think I'm pronouncing this right. It's like K. Thrinali or something, or Kai Thrinali. And so he shows up in The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens, and I think Rise of Skywalker as well. He's just, like, a resistance pilot. But, like, if you just told me who is Kai Thranali, I'd be like, mm-hmm. uh, I know because I have a Funko Pop of him, but I couldn't point him out otherwise. Yeah. Um, which is another reason why I think, like, Funko Pops are also a great way of, like, expanding those background characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's characters like Sidon Ithano, who's um showed up in one episode of resistance but is in the background of like uh force awakens and rise of skywalker um and you know like unless you're absolutely obsessed like we are um you probably even if you like star wars have no idea who that is yeah um so i'm i'm excited to like get more of those because like i'm sure everyone in the canto bite scene on last jedi has a name i just don't know them Mm -hmm. (laughs) like i i'm excited to learn those new characters and hopefully it will grow the love for the sequel trilogy yeah um and like their characters and all that as well um so yeah i'm really excited um but spring 2021 does seem like forever away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I was just gonna shift the, just another thing that I noticed in the trailer. So, typically, Lego games, they're not completely, like, a top-down game, which, if you don't know what I'm referring to, that's when, like, the the imaginary camera would be above the characters looking directly down on their head. It's not quite like that, but it's kind of similar. Imagine if the imaginary camera was like in the corner, like the upper corner of the room. Like that's kind of what Lego games look like, I guess. But in this one, in the trailer, the thing that made me go, whoa, <laughs> uh, it showed a, 
like an over-the-shoulder camera angle, like something you would see in uh, a third-person shooter game like um, PUBG or Destiny or Fortnite or something similar to that. Mm-hmm. So that just brought like a whole world of questions to my head. Yeah, I wonder something... if you can like change the camera. Yeah, like I wonder if that's what you can do. I wonder if there will be like maybe kind of in a lot of games what they'll do is they'll do like sharpshooter segments where like time slows down and it typically goes mm-hmm. to a first person or like an over the shoulder camera angle and you have to like shoot certain targets in slow mo. Like maybe something like that. Like that'd be so yeah. cool. Uh, but the other thing that this brought up was like Lego games don't offer too much variability in what your character can do necessarily. Basically, you can interact with objects. You can, if your character has one, you can do a distance attack. But most characters just have a melee attack. That's typically how Lego games go. But that kind of kind of spark me like for a jedi for example like in the older game you could only use the force um like if you go to an area where you need to pull a lever by the force like you can't just use Mm -hmm. it on command but maybe in this game like whenever you want you can like they're like different attacks like maybe there's like a force push button or like uh you could like pick things up in the area and throw them like how just cool would that be um because the controllers we have nowadays is definitely more uh, offers more uh, complex gameplay than the than the Nintendo Wii controller necessarily did. So uh, just a lot of things that kind of go against the norm of usual Lego games, just kind of making me wonder, like, what will this game look like? Because uh, you know they're doing so many things different that I really don't know what to expect anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, at the beginning of this section I kind of mentioned that there might have been something uh, announced that might kind of accidentally reveal some of the release timeline that we don't know yet um, and that would all be, be because of uh, DLC announcements so um, the Best Buy listing for the deluxe edition of the Skywalker Saga, which is like $70, um, says that there are uh, six DLC packs that are included um, with the base game if you get the deluxe edition. Um, and so at first, there were only four DLC packs announced, but this Best Buy listing has six. So if this listing is correct, which I assume it is because it's Best Buy, um, I'm not, like, I don't know how reliable listings mm-hmm. are on early games or anything. Like, I, I haven't, like, dealt with enough video game news that I've, like, ever looked into it and... Like, I, I don't know if that's something that is sometimes wrong or whatever. Yeah. Um, the six DLC packs that they have uh, announced on this Best Buy thing are the Mandalorian Pack 1, the Mandalorian Pack 2, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Classic Characters, 
Solo, a Star Wars story, and Star Wars The Bad Batch. So, this is interesting because I don't think it says whether or not these are just... um, Well, actually, it says the deluxe edition includes six DLC packs in a character collection bundle. So, yeah, it does seem like these are just character packs. Um, So it doesn't seem like Rogue One and Solo are going to get, like, levels at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe in the future they'll have level packs or something. Um, The most interesting to me is that there's a Mandalorian Pack 1 and a Mandalorian Pack 2. And there's no Clone Wars or Rebels. (laughs) (laughs) because it seems like Clone Wars and Rebels have gained so much, like, attention recently because of the ending of Clone Wars and how it kind of ties into Rebels. And the Rebels characters, I think, are, like, becoming iconic. So it's weird to me that they don't include them unless they're gonna just... Unless they're part classic characters but i don't think they fit the classic character description but they do have the bad batch so if they're going to release a bad batch dlc will the bad batch release before this game comes out Mm, that's interesting or will it be a way of advertising that the bad batch is coming out if it comes out if this game is coming out may 4th like we kicked around that maybe it could and the bad batch is supposed to come out in 2021 it would make sense that they would release it early in the spring because i think we both agreed that when they announced this they've definitely been working on it already um because of like how soon after the clone wars ended that they announced this show like it didn't seem Like, it seemed Mm -hmm. like they had this planned before the Clone Wars came out. So I'm sure, like, work has been done on this show. If it comes out, like, March, April, and then the the game releases the 4th, and people have already gotten to know the Bad Batch, and now they can play as them, I feel like maybe that could be the case. Mm -hmm. it, It would just feel weird releasing those characters without them having like, their show yet. Like, releasing Mm -hmm. these characters that have appeared in four episodes of a TV show that doesn't have its own DLC pack. It just seems really strange. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of bummed that that some of these won't be getting levels. Like, I understand... I understand the Mandalorian not having levels, because that, I don't know, that just kind of seemed weird, but, like... I would love it if they had, like, three Rogue One levels and three solo levels, like, in the DLC pack. But, you know, it's each his own. There will be more than enough levels, I'm sure. Well, yeah, and it doesn't... It just says this is what comes with the Deluxe Edition. Like, maybe Mm -hmm. they'll just release level packs later on. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, I agree that Mandalorian levels might be weird because it's a show and, like, there's eight episodes of it. So if you only did, like, three episodes, like, why? Like, what do you choose? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but since there's pack one and pack two, 
maybe like pack one will be the characters from season one, and then yeah, that's what pack... I was thinking. But then what would pack two be? Because I feel like it's going to be pretty much the same characters. Oh, well, also, there's no way that we're not getting a Lego the Child in this game. There's yeah, no way well, that he is not part of this. Well, I mean, it's a bummer we couldn't talk about this in the context of a Mandalorian trailer, but there are so many new people, like, familiar faces and new characters coming out in Mandalorian Season 2, where, I I mean, I won't imagine it's going to be, like, 30 characters for every DLC pack, but maybe, like, five. Mm -hmm. uh, Five to Mm -hmm. ten might be even a bit too much, but... Mm -hmm. So, like, I could imagine the first pack being, what, we have um, the Mandalorian, the Child... Probably like um, the IG, Moff Eleven, Gideon. yeah, Moff Gideon. I'm, I would uh, be Grief so excited Karga, for him. Prob- Grief Karga, mm-hmm. probably. Um, Cara Dune. Cara Dune would be cool, or will be cool, because I'm I'm sure she'll be there as well. Yeah, and then the second pack might be like we know Bo Katan is gonna be in it, and supposedly. Well, I don't know so- if that was confirmed. I don't think I, anything. Has I'm been pretty confirmed. sure. Well, but yeah, like something's going to happen. I mean, the more and more I learn about it, I think Bo-Katan, if anyone, is the most likely to be in it just because of the whole... The history with Just because of the Darksaber, yeah. yeah. So, um, like, supposedly Ahsoka's in it. Like, that could be the method. Maybe the reason why they don't have a Clone Wars pack or a Rebels pack is because so many people are reportedly going to be in season two of the Mandalorian from mm-hmm. those other two shows that maybe like the main characters like Ahsoka, they don't want to put them in a clone wars pack because maybe mm-hmm. they know that it's going to be in a Mandalorian season two pack. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. Um, it's like, I was just thinking about like rogue one, you'd have Jin, Cassian, K2, Cheer at Bays, Bodhi. You could have like Death Troopers. Um, Krennic, probably. Krennic, yeah. And like that's five, six, seven, eight from Rogue yeah. One. And then like what about Solo? Like you have Han, like Young Han, Young Lando, Kira. I mean, I feel that different, so it would be weird yeah, to add um, him. Beckett. Um, Enfys Nest, maybe? Dryden Voss? Like, yeah. I wonder if all of these are going to be the same size. Because I feel like you could get a lot mm-hmm. of characters in the classic characters, whatever that means. Like, I yeah, figured that's all the, the classic... I'm most curious about. Yeah, because I figured all the classic all the... characters would be in the main game. So... Yeah. And, like, Bad maybe Batch... It's... Maybe classic characters could just be, like, maybe, like, reskins or something. Like, maybe we get, like, Pilot Luke or we get, like, Golden Vest Luke or something. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe that's where, like... Well, no, because even then, like, you would expect, um, like, Tarkin to show up in the main game. Yeah. Or something like that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's confusing. Like, I I would, 
it just seems weird to me that they don't include Clone Wars and Rebels because those are two like TV shows. Like those have more content than anything else. Like yeah. no Cad Bane. Um, if Ahsoka's not in the Mandalorian pack, then mm-hmm. no Ahsoka. <laughs> um there's no um, Asajj Ventress. Yeah, or... and so, some would say, like, my first thought was, like, well, it, I understand why they aren't in it, because it's the Skywalker saga, you know? So yeah. they're probably trying to focus on the main narrative. But that would not explain why the Mandalorian is in there, because yeah, for where it is right now, it from has anything. no connection to any Skywalkers, really. And especially mm-hmm. not the bad baths, that wouldn't explain. So I really don't know why. Yeah, um, I I wouldn't be shocked if they eventually come to the game because I think it's foolish for them to not. Yeah, like I want to be Cad Bane. <laughs> That's all I ask. I want to be, be Cad Bane. Bane. Well, um, kind of. But the yeah, last... it's 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 just a weird. Yeah. And like I said, I, I've seen some people saying, like, I don't, like, that doesn't seem right to me. Like, I've seen people on Reddit and social media saying, like, is that wrong? Because mm-hmm. it just seems like two huge popular properties to just leave out of the game. Yeah. Who knows? Um. Yeah, so I, that's it for the Ugnot update. We didn't really intro that segment, but that's what that was. <laughs> that's what it was, yeah. Um, so we are going to jump into the uh, carbon freeze. And today's question for the carbon freeze is, what is the best scene from the Skywalker saga and slash or... What is the best scene from a TV show? Uh, so this is kind of an open, open question. Um, just the best scene? Um, I have my favorites, but yeah. what do you think mm. of the best scene? It, well, well, let's start with Skywalker Saga. What is the best scene in the Skywalker Saga? Best scene. See, that's hard. You can't just <laughs> you can't just throw me into this. Um, I'm trying to think. I can't. <laughs> How are you going to decide which one's the best? Hmm. I was always a big fan of the kind of the the lightsaber duels at the end of Revenge of the Sith, switching between Anakin versus Obi Wan and Yoda versus Palpatine. Mm-hmm. I can I don't know if I'll be able to choose one, so I'll probably just say a couple from the movies. To be honest, um, another one that comes to mind probably the duel between Luke and Vader on the second Death Star. Always love the opening scene of the opening kind of battle in Empire on Hoth. That was probably my like the coolest. I, I 
a lot of them are just cool fight scenes that are, are the first ones come to my mind i really like in the beginning of return of the jedi uh kind of the the f- duel on you know jabba's various mm-hmm. gifts and whatnot mm-hmm. uh as far as sequel trilogy goes definitely the throne room scene in last jedi as my favorite from that but i the also... fight or the dialogue afterward but the 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 scene just everything <laughs> mhm um it does look very nice i think yeah i also love when they're in in force awakens when they're in maz's little place the castle like, i don't think that's a very little place <laughs> You know what I mean, but like yeah. just seeing that yeah. place, meeting Maz, Ray goes and finds the chest, and she gets all the flashbacks, mm-hmm. um, and then the First Order coming in. I don't know. Yeah, that's a cool. That's a cool fight scene, and especially Poe's piloting in that scene is really cool. Yeah, um, <laughs> I know that was like seven, but yeah. You're asking uh-huh. the biggest Star Wars nerds to choose one best scene from yeah. nine movies. So, um, Well, I think I've talked enough on this podcast about the final confrontation on Crate between Luke and Kylo Ren as one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. Um, but... I will not, I won't say that one, but there are two other ones. One of them from The Last Jedi, one of them not. Um, So I'll start with the other one. Um, Luke uh, trying to lift the X-Wing on Dagobah. And then Yoda's like, or he's like, you ask the impossible. And then Yoda does it. And then Luke's like... um, I'm so dumb. I, that probably is my favorite, actually, because I remember next uh, this Sunday we have our Empire retrospective, and I remember getting chills thinking about talking about that scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so this will be so. kind of a teaser for it, so I won't go too in-depth, but Yoda's dialogue in Empire Strikes Back is some of the best dialogue mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Maybe just the best dialogue in Star Wars. Yeah. Like, everything he says is just so profound. Um, but I will I will leave that discussion for yeah. Sunday. Um, and the other one that I think is so, so good, it's in The Last Jedi, it's when Yoda appears to Luke again as a Force ghost. And just thinking about it gives me chills. And, mm-hmm. like, I don't remember in what context, but I was thinking about like some of the lines that he says in this scene and like was feeling genuinely like emotional about it. Yeah. Um, so this was a while ago. It wasn't like just now. <laughs> um, Before we started but, recording, when we joined the Zoom call, he was in tears. Like, he's yeah. um, <laughs> no, I think I was just like bored at work one day and was just like really thinking deeply about Star Wars. And <laughs> Especially this scene. I know what scene. you mean. <laughs> um, so, Yoda appears as a Force ghost because Luke is going to burn... Or he's going to... Yeah, he's going to burn the Jedi text, isn't he? And Yoda yeah. shows up and he's like, 
silly Skywalker. Don't try to stop me. <laughs> and then Yoda's like, okay, and he burns the tree. And then Luke's like, the sacred text! <laughs> so that part doesn't... I have to rewatch that to like get what he's talking about. But um, Yoda's like telling him, like, you don't get it. He's like, the greatest teacher failure mm-hmm. is, or if the greatest teacher something like that i don't speak yeah. yoda so um and he's basically saying like look you messed up but you have to like get over it and learn from it and he's like yeah you feel like you failed ben don't fail ray because you feel mm-hmm. like you failed ben like you have an opportunity and the line that got me so emotional the one day that i was thinking about it is he says we are what we we are what they grow beyond that is the true burden of all masters and it was like holy cow and it's like yoda mm. is this 900 year old guy who's like regarded as the master of the jedi like the best jedi who's ever lived and he's like yeah but my padawan like i teach them everything and then they go out on their own and then they learn on their own and they learn things that I can't teach them. So they grow beyond what I can teach yeah. them. And then like seeing Luke training with um, Yoda in Empire gets to this place where he started a Jedi Order completely on his own. And he ended up making a mistake and Yoda had to come back and be like, hey, it's all right. Like Yoda made a mistake too. He made plenty. <laughs> he, yeah. Um. And then he's like, don't fail Ray." And so Luke is like, well, Ray is my apprentice now. He took Ray as his apprentice after Kylo. And so he's like, she's going to go on and she's going to do stuff that I couldn't dream of ever doing. And that's why he shows up at the end and he's like, I will not be the last Jedi. Yeah. And so that... I feel like the last whole Jedi scene... retrospective will be a long one. Huh? <laughs> uh, I could go for ages. Okay. I think... I think if people can get over their initial reaction to The Last Jedi, I think The Last Jedi will age better than maybe any other Star Wars movie because of, like, that stuff. Like, that thematic stuff that it says, I think, is so much deeper than anything that was said in The Force Awakens or The Rise of Skywalker. They Um, fly now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I feel like just the philosophy that's in that movie, I think, will age as well as the philosophy in Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that those are probably my favorite scenes. Basically, anything where uh, Luke or Yoda is involved in a deep um, and powerful way, I guess. Um. So that's it for the Carbon Freeze. We are going to come right back with uh, a little bit of Tabana talk. And we're going to not go long because I kind of threw this topic at Carson like five minutes before we started (laughs) recording. Um, So we will get into that in just a second. All right. We are back with the Tabana talk. Um, This Tabana talk is going to be kind of not so lighthearted it might be like a little more real i guess um because we're going to talk about like a serious topic like a real world topic Mm -hmm. 
not necessarily like an in-universe kind of Star Wars topic, like how fast does the Millennium Falcon fly or something like that. <laughs> um, so just today, an interview with John Boyega was released by GQ. Um, and he's been in the news a lot recently. He at a Black Lives Matter rally in London that got a lot of attention on the internet. Um, and he was saying things like this could end his career, but he doesn't matter because it's the, it's the important thing to say, like it needs to be said. And then he had a few interactions with people on social media where he said, basically like there's a lot of toxic star Wars fans out there. Like Mm -hmm. on my case, he's like, I don't care about you. Basically, is what in he was bit, saying. In a more bit colorful stronger language. language, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, kid-friendly show here. So he's been kind of in the like of all the Star Wars actors. I feel like he's been the one that's in the light most since Rise of Skywalker came out, but not like because he was trying to. Like it just happened where mm-hmm. he he's just the kind of person that is like he's always he always has something to say about the way things are whether or not he likes what's going on or doesn't like what's going on like he's not the kind of person to sit by and be quiet so this article kind of explores that idea of him not being able to just sit quietly by um and in the interview he gets to star wars and his experience and he's like saying in essence and you should definitely look this article up and read it because it's a really good read um it's a bit lengthy but it's it's a really good um interview Mm -hmm. uh with him but he's basically saying like i like they want me to say that star wars was this great experience in my life but he can't bring himself to say that and the reason he gives and there's a few but he talks about the advertising for the force awakens and he doesn't like explicitly say these words but yeah like he says or he talks about because he doesn't say it he he more like infers it but they advertised his character finn as um I mean, if you look up any promotional image from The Force Awakens, it's Finn holding a lightsaber. Yeah. And so everyone's saying, oh, here's John Boyega, this uh, actor of Nigerian descent, who's, a, who's the new Jedi for this trilogy. And, of course, the twist is that he's not. Rey is. And then in The Last Jedi, which is not a movie that I often critique... Um, because I think it gets enough critique that it needs people to mm-hmm. like point out its uh, the good things about it. So I I agree there are things wrong with it. There are things wrong with every movie, but um, one of the things that he brings up that I agree with is that they kind of sideline him a little bit in the Last Jedi. They still give him like a sub story to do but yeah 
they completely just move past him being a Jedi. Um, not entirely for like no reason. Like I think the Force Awakens doesn't do enough to set him up as a Jedi that he has to be. Mm-hmm. Like in the movie, the marketing though definitely set him up like he was the Jedi. I mean, I remember um, even at the premiere, I'm pretty sure I wore like a thin little like Halloween outfit, you know, because that's I was like, yeah, I, I can't hear you. Know, I thought it was cool, but you know, like because that. I thought everyone thought he was the Jedi. I mean, I, I don't know what else to really say about it. And I wasn't necessarily disappointed that it was Ray, but I was a little disappointed that it wasn't Finn because mm-hmm. I looked lame wearing the outfit in the theater <laughs> afterwards because I had a lightsaber too, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, yeah. I I was very disappointed not necessarily because it was Ray instead, but I just mm-hmm. I was just excited for John Boyega. Yeah, I I lost you there for like a few seconds, but I got you were saying. Oh, okay. Um but yeah, like the last Jedi happened and he they don't they decide not to go down the path of he's a Jedi. And instead, they make his story about him choosing to join the rebellion rather than, or the resistance rather than just wanting to help Ray because she helped him. Mm-hmm. So Rise of Skywalker comes around and they sideline him again. Like he doesn't do mm-hmm. really anything in this movie, even less than he does in The Last Jedi. But J.J. Abrams kind of brings back that idea that Finn is a Jedi. But again, they don't, he... they don't really do anything with well, yeah. that, at least. Yeah, I, and I don't, I don't mean to like point specifically at J.J. as if he's personally responsible for this. Um, but the creative forces behind the movie decide, oh, well, we can talk about him kind of feeling the Force a little bit. And it's like, okay, but this is now the third movie. This is the closing movie of this trilogy. And now you're going to bring up that he does actually have the force after the first movie advertised that he was a Jedi. Um, so what John Boyega talks about in this interview is like, they basically bait and switched everybody who was looking forward to like a minority blockbuster hero. Um, you know, like the response that Black Panther got was like incredible because like it was like a unifying moment for like the black community. And I'm saying this as a white guy, (laughs) like I, I, I don't feel like I'm entitled to speak on this or anything. Um, but it's like just seeing the reaction of people and hearing mm-hmm. what people said about um and now after the like tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman you're kind of seeing that again like people talking about him and his legacy and how he like portrayed this like black hero for like, yeah. the blockbuster um movies and things so it's like 
Boyega saying like they they totally teased that for Star Wars, and then they just didn't do mm-hmm. it. Like they did, they just used it as like a marketing ploy, basically. And then he goes on and says like they didn't just do that to me. Like Oscar Isaac, I believe his dad is from Guatemala or something, um, but he's definitely of like the Latin American descent, so. Like, he doesn't really do all that much either after, um, like, especially in Rise of Skywalker, I think. Like, I think The Last Jedi, he does quite a bit in his arc, like, learning Mm -hmm. how to be a leader. Um, But Rise of Skywalker, eh, not really. Just just a side note. The worst worst, um, example of this, I think, is Kelly Marie Tran, who played Rose. Mm Mm-hmm. I, they brought Ryan Johnson brought her in for the last Jedi and she was like one of the only Asian characters in star Wars. Like the only other one you can think of is Sabine Wren and she's like animated. Yeah. Um, so they bring her in and like the response to her was negative and like way too negative. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you can dislike a character, but you can't bully an actress off of social media because you didn't like a character. Yeah, I mean... Like, that's ridiculous. Like, personally, this is a bit of a hot take. I don't really like C-3PO that much, okay? But I don't, like... <laughs> I mean... Hate you, Anthony you prob- Daniels? You probably didn't know that about me. Because I don't go out of my way to remind everyone and everyone who follows me on any platform and constantly remind them that I hate Anthony Daniels and I hate C-3PO <laughs> and he should never be casting it. Like, it's just not, like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just um, not like that. <laughs> yeah, and people will say, like, Rose is the worst Star Wars character. And I'm like, really? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Like, I get that her story, her storyline, wasn't that important in the end. And I don't want to, like, just go on a tangent about The Last Jedi. Again. that's not why yeah. we're here. But, like, just because you don't see her story as being important doesn't mean anything about the character. And just because the writing might have seemed a little clunky to you doesn't mean that, like, the character is the worst character mm-hmm. ever created. But what I can't tolerate is they completely wrote her out of, like, The Rise of Skywalker. And there's no reason for, like, there's no explanation for that uh, that they give or maybe would give. Yeah. Um, But it seems like because the response to her was so negative and the actress was bullied off of social media... But they were like, oh, well, they didn't like her, so write her out of the movie. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, like, hey, this is an actress that, like, we think is talented. We're going to stand by her. Yeah. And we're going to try to give her a better, like, role in this movie. But instead, they're like, no, actually, you're just going to stay behind. Yeah. And so what John Boyega is talking about is, like, they, they kept doing this in the sequel trilogy. Like, they would introduce a minority character and, like, elevate them a little bit but then just completely backtrack. And he was like, that isn't like good. Like, I'm not going to praise my 
like I'm not going to praise them for that. And I'm not going to say that I had a good time when that's how I was treated. And that's how others yeah. were treated. See, the real shame of all this is, I mean, with production of Force Awakens, like obviously at that point, Star Wars was, it's just such a huge thing that for any actor landing a role in a, in a headline big blockbuster Star Wars movie, like it should be a dream come true. And I, I want to just be nothing but happy for these actors who get what should be the chance of the lifetime. And it's so sad that so many of these actors experiences like are negative about it. Like, um, I couldn't really imagine like if I like, obviously (laughs) if I could, I would jump at the chance to be in a Star Wars movie And if I got that opportunity and then, like, was just destroyed by everyone who watched it, seemingly, and then the company backing it, instead of cracking down on their fans, they they work harder to appease them, you know, and Mm -hmm. take... And I can't even imagine, like, obviously this is me as a, as a, as a white guy, I couldn't imagine being like a, like a black guy or being like, I feel like um, Kelly Marie Tran and Daisy Ridley also have it bad. I feel like there's a big kind of sexist element with all the attacks coming at them. Like for what should be so surreal and blissful and exciting to see and to hear these actors say that it was like, like almost like a bad experience like a negative experience like i feel very i feel very sorry for them that 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 they were really put through that (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and even like in the prequels you have ahmed best who Mm -hmm. did the motion capture for jar jar binks literally a historical performance because that was like one of the first motion capture performances ever like jar jar binks was before Gollum and like people look at Gollum as like the first kind of perfection Mm -hmm. of that technology or like kind of the first like great motion capture performance. But Jar Jar Binks was like the start of motion capture. Yeah. And he like, he did that and he put his own character like into that character. People are like, this is terrible. He he sucks. He's terrible. And he almost killed himself. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, like this like when you say that like it has an effect on people mm-hmm. in the same movie the the child who played young Anakin Skywalker Jake Lloyd who was 9 at the time or something yeah. was like bullied by like film critics <laughs> like the mm-hmm. kid's 9 and i i i don't remember where i read this i don't know if it was an interview with him but i think he said like Star Wars ruined my acting career. Like, I was a kid. It was my first role. And that was it. I couldn't do anything after that. Mm-hmm. He's like, even if I try it. He's like, I can't do anything now. Um, and, you know, Hayden Christensen also kind of experienced that as well. Uh, to a lesser extent, I think. Um, I feel like now people are kind of coming now pe- back Yeah, around. now people are coming around on him. But, like it's like it it sucks that like we we went through this once and then couldn't figure out not to do it a second Mm -hmm. time like as star wars fans as a whole 
Um, but yeah, so I, I kind of was reading John Boyega's words and I was like, yeah, like I feel really bad for him because he's so talented and, you know, like everyone knows him now because of Star Wars, but like at what cost? Because, yeah. Like, yeah, he's famous, but like, why? Like, he got famous basically as a joke mm-hmm. or like basically as like a trick on an art, like a marketing mm-hmm. trick. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I... and it's <laughs> like. They announced that um, there's going to be another Disney princess movie um, set in like Southeast Asia or like a mystical, mythical version of it. And Kelly Marie Tran is voicing like the main character. So I was like, okay, see, that is exciting. Like that feels like a win for her because she's coming out of this franchise where people have bullied her. But Disney's like, well, she'll be our next Disney princess. How about that? But yeah. still, if it, it, it just like immediately in like when I went to Rise of Skywalker in theaters, I was like thinking because it was the last one. I was like, what do I want out of this? What do I hope I don't get out of this? And I was like, what I don't hope is I I don't hope that they treat Rose like wrong or like they try, like I hope that they don't try Mm -hmm. to just backtrack on anything that happened in the last Jedi. And I think in pretty much immediately, I was like, they screwed Rose over. Like they screwed Kelly Marie Tran. Mm -hmm. Um, Like this is her, like that's her star Wars character. Like very few people get to say that's my Star Wars. Character. Yeah, and they're mm-hmm. just like, ah, eh, nah, she's not important. Like, just forget about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it must be like so frustrating in this whole situation. Like, obviously, Disney seems like this big faceless corporation, you know. But it literally took John Boyega standing up at a very politically and racially charged kind of protest and call them out directly by saying, hey, like, I might get fired because I'm just standing up for what I specifically believe in here, for them to say anything about the treatment of these actors. (laughs) Like, they're like, and they said, like, it took that kind of direct, very confrontational um, kind of statement for them to say, yeah, we support our actors and we support what they stand for. But I really wish they would have kind of hopped on that sooner and would have defended these actors. Like they chose them. They cast them. They've been working with them for years. They're paying them a big old star Wars budget. But when people are like lambasting them uh, and say, say, I mean, I don't necessarily think this, but say they aren't the best characters. And, you know, um, instead of just writing them out, how about just take the chance to utilize... Oh, my lance, so that probably messed up my mic. Take the chance to utilize them more and, like, build more character and more emotion around them instead of just appeasing the the angriest loudest people you hear i don't know Mm. 
Yeah. Um, it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to talk about this without bringing up my perspective on the Last Jedi. <laughs> And I don't want this podcast <laughs> to become a place where I just rant about the last Jedi, but I do think the two different reactions to the last Jedi kind of inform like the two different sides. Cause I feel like there's a side that after last Jedi was like, forget Disney, forget this. Like there is a terrible trilogy. And then there's the people that were like, after Last Jedi, this is really great. Um, and I think people, some people will take The Last Jedi and say this is, like, they sidelined Finn and uh, Poe. And then, like me, who would say, well, I don't know if they sidelined them as much as they gave them story arcs that were not, like, as important as the main arc, um, mm-hmm. which seems like they're getting sidelined. Like, I think definitely yeah. the marketing trick on Force Awakens was really just awful. <laughs> um, I'm sure somebody thought it was clever, but then they were like, okay, but do we have a plan in place to like make up for that? And the answer was, no, not really. We're just moving on. (laughs) And so people were like, still caught up on that and then took that out on The Last Jedi. And then Rise of Skywalker didn't really do enough to just like to make up for it either. Mm -hmm. And then um, like, I think it sounds weird for me to say this. I think the sequel trilogy broke down at The Last Jedi. Not because of The Last Jedi's quality, but because of the response by the fans and then the subsequent response by Disney after yeah. The Last Jedi. Like, I think that is where the major disconnect happened. And, again, not in terms of quality. Like, I think The Last Jedi is a great movie. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. But I think everything outside of the movie is where everything just went to crap and just exploded Mm -hmm. and to see like the response of someone who's in on that process john boyega and say like yeah i don't think that we the minority characters were handled very well one thing he said is um like they gave nuance and like good character depth to daisy ridley and adam driver and everyone knows that Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that for us. Like, they didn't... Like, can you tell me some, like, nuance to Finn's character? And, like, it should be easy, because he's an ex-stormtrooper. His arc should be nuanced and deep. And instead, it's, he was an ex-stormtrooper, he left, and now he's just Finn. You know Finn. He's just now he just Now he just chases Ray around and... Yeah, he yeah. like there's no inner conflict in him really. Um, the last kind of explores him like he goes back and confronts Phasma and is able to defeat his past, but it's not executed the best. Um, and then Rise of Skywalker is like he's no different than he's been the entire trilogy. Yeah. Um, whereas you know. 
Kylo Ren started off as this guy who was just super conflicted. Like, they say he's tempted by the light. He kills his dad, which sends him down this spiral, super, like, dark and angry in Last Jedi. He kills his master, and now he's in, like, the deepest, darkest point of his life. Mm-hmm. But because he has this connection with Rey, she's able to guide him out of that kind of to a neutral zone and then once he's in that kind of neutral zone he's able to be influenced back into the light and daisy ridley's character is like someone who doesn't really know who she is she gets an answer that she doesn't really like but she's able to make her own identity in place of that and so like those are two deep really nuanced great arcs Mm -hmm. And Poe is like, yeah, he's a hotshot. And him being a hotshot leads to a lot of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. So now at the end of Last Jedi, he's going to learn how to be a good hero. And then in Rise of Skywalker, what did he learn? <laughs> like what happened yeah. in Rise of Skywalker for him? He was a leader and then everything almost fell apart again. Like, yeah, the they don't really thing- give... They did like they get, they made good arcs with Ray and Ben Solo. I like I love those two characters a lot, and I like Finn and I like Poe and I like Rose as well. But I have to like agree that they were not handled with as much care as those two main characters. And it's not just because they're minority actors. I don't think, but them all being minority actors isn't a good look either Mm -hmm. like even if all of them were white which would probably be its own issue (laughs) like to have no depth to any of your side characters that's why shows like game of thrones or like the last airbender are so good is because every character has a deep and nuanced arc but Mm -hmm. in the biggest movie franchise of all time you're just gonna skip that part it's just it's just yeah. sad both for the actors and for like the series as a whole cuz i think like those movies exist and they'll exist forever in the state that they currently are and yeah. there's not much you can do about that yeah i mean it's not it's not like every everyone praises you know specifically adam drivers performance of Kylo Ren and obviously it's great he might be my favorite part of the sequel trilogy he's cool but maybe you know Finn would be my favorite part or Poe would be my favorite part if they gave them these more complex kind of like a running story throughout the trilogy because I know that all three of the actors that we've been talking about have the chops for it Mm -hmm. Oscar Isaac especially because I'm the most familiar with his other work I know that he can do really anything. <laughs> so, I mean, and he he even said, there's a little anecdote about how he went to some creatives and said, I think that, I think Poe and Finn should be gay or whatever. So he was, he was always been pushing like for new uh, angles and relationships and stories for his character. And apparently there's another one that he suggested um, that I can't think of off, off the top of my head, and they were just like, no. And his take on it was that they just, like, weren't brave enough to do anything about it. Like, he, like we have an actor here who's in a lot of more 
independent, like a lot, sometimes like way more psychological films. So he's used to kind of these more um, serious and um, very like fine tuned, like, like really putting a character together piece by piece and figuring out like just this very complex nuanced performance. And then he has to play the the stereotypical hotshot we've kind of seen in so many other movies and even mm-hmm. in Star Wars. So I don't know. It's just a real shame. Yeah. Um. And you know, there's there's books and things that kind of flesh out the characters. One really good one is uh, Resistance Reborn, and that gives so much to Poe's arc after Last Jedi because it takes place like after after Last Jedi before Rise of Skywalker and that book is I think Poe is like the main main character there's a lot of characters in it but Poe is like the main character and it explores like how he feels after pretty much causing the destruction of the resistance because he mutinied against Holdo in last Jedi. And that caused so many problems and led to so many more unnecessary deaths. And he feels responsible for that. And so this book gives him an arc where Mm -hmm. he has to get over that. And like, he has to say like, yeah, I, I messed up. I'm going to learn from it. Just like we talked about with Luke and Yoda, like, there's a scene in that book where he's like, come on guys, we all have to band together or whatever. And everyone's like, wait a minute. Didn't you like mutiny against the person who was in charge last? And he's has to like own up to it. And like, that's a great arc. Like if they could have done something on top of that in rise of Skywalker, that would have been a great arc for Poe. It's like, he's a hot shot. His being a hot shot causes problems he's going to have to be learn how to be a better leader. Like that would be a great arc. Yeah. Like he sold drugs. (laughs) Yeah. And I that I was going to mention that before, like really all they did in rise of Skywalker was, was make fun of his past a little. And Mm -hmm. then they're like, you're a spice runner. Like, it wasn't like some emotional thing where he was like, yeah, the reason I joined the resistance was because I used to, deal drugs across the galaxy and I got busted and then it led to this big no it wasn't that it was it was just a, like a 25 second gag mm-hmm. that I don't know and it's great that we have books and shows to kind of give more context around the character and build them up as a whole like Clone Wars did loads for Anakin <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. and obviously he's now beloved because of kind of like taking everything into account. But the fact that we don't get to see some of this from the actual actors that made the character iconic, I feel like it's just a waste of their talent. And also I can't imagine that they get any real, like, I don't think they're just in it for money. I don't feel like they get real, artistic satisfaction from from this Mm -hmm. which is i feel like ultimately what they're after like they want the chance to especially somebody like oscar isaac who does so many art films yeah and i mean john boyega too like he probably just wants to like just make 
the best, coolest Star Wars character he could be. And here, everyone thinks he's going to be playing this next epic, you know, uh, like a role model for uh, kind of the African-American community, like someone to look up, like the Star Wars Black Panther. And then he is... You know, he's just like, a, a yelling <laughs> voice. Basically. Yeah, it's it's a real shame. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't I don't want to keep going on this because I feel like <laughs> a I don't want to just ramble on the same things and yeah. end up on another Last Jedi tangent. <laughs> um, and I also don't want to kind of bum anyone. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't want to like throw my voice out there and like claim to know more than anybody else especially yeah. since i'm not not involved in the hollywood process or like in star wars really um i don't know anyone personally involved and <laughs> like as a person who like sees himself in pretty much every main character of any movie ever like i don't feel like I can do justice to how someone else would feel not seeing not seeing themselves yeah. in every movie. So, um, yeah, we're not trying to like bum anybody. Yeah, but it is kind of a thing that needs to be talked about in, especially the Star Wars fandom. Like how like our reactions are important, and like how we talk about things is important. Um, because I think a lot of time we think of actors and like the Hollywood directors and things as just like names and like not people like we, we think of them as the credits, not as mm-hmm. like the people on set putting in the work, doing like the hard stuff to get yeah. it done. And then in four seconds we can say John Boyega sucks as Finn <laughs> and he just spent years of his life like yeah, working to do this for you to enjoy and you're gonna be like meh mm-hmm. so yeah um, we are going to be back on Sunday with The Empire Strikes Back hopefully the Mandalorian trailer will have come out and we might just talk a little bit about that then and then like get into the Empire Strikes Back because I don't want to wait a full week to talk about it. Yeah. Because um, I'm going to be super excited and I'm going to want to talk about it. Assuming it comes out. We don't. Yeah, it could. They could just release a poster or something. Who knows? Um, but yeah, that'll be it for this episode. Hopefully you aren't in a pit of depression now. <laughs> uh, just rewind and listen to the first half where we talked about fun video games. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what a pairing. What a topic. Oh, yeah. What a range I, this was for not, this episode. I, I swear, like, I just threw that topic at him right mm-hmm. before we started recording. And I was like, hey, what if we talk about this article? And then I was like, ooh, this might get deep. <laughs> yeah. So... Anyways, thanks for listening. Um, if you are... Well, I think we have credits. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
just we're, give we're us not a like good at ending things, all that so stuff. You'll hear me say it in a few minutes yeah. or in a few seconds, but uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, looking forward to watching Empire because that oh, is so am I. another one of my favorites. Um, great scenes in there. So looking forward to that discussion. Looking forward to Mando two trailer hopefully tonight. Um, but yeah, that's it, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Yo, Legos are so cool. Do you think we've achieved racial equality in Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, what a what a time to be alive, huh? Thank you for listening to Lando's Lounge. Lando's Lounge can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing us with a friend or rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. To engage with us on social media, follow at Lando's Lounge Podcast on Instagram and like and follow the Lando's Lounge page on Facebook. To ask a question for our Q&A segment, The Carbon Freeze, Engage with us in comment sections or shoot us a DM for the possibility of your question being featured. The intro music to this podcast is Star Wars Cantina Band Closed on Sunday Lo-Fi Remix. Thank you again for listening and tune in to the next episode.